So this will sound like BS or an imagined story, but this happened to me 17 or 18 years ago and I still remember most of it pretty clearly. It was early Christmas morning between 2am and 4am, 1996-97. or 97. I was 6 or 7 years old. I always had trouble sleeping the night before Christmas as I couldn't wait until the morning to open my presents. And because here in Australia, Christmas is during the summer, so the nights are always quite hot. Anyway, I got out of bed to peek at the presents under the Christmas tree. My room exited into a hallway and at the end of the hallway was the kitchen and the dining area slash lounge room. As I crept out of the hallway into the dining area, something in the kitchen doorway caught my attention. I got back behind the hallway entry and observed what appeared to be a pair of legs wearing long red pants. The legs were both upright, but the rest of the figure was apparently bent at the hips into the kitchen doorway, so I couldn't see the body. At this age, I still believed in Santa, so I went and woke my older sister who begrudgingly came to have a look. We both peeked around the hallway entry and saw the same thing that I initially saw. The figure had not moved position since I first observed it a minute or two earlier. She tiredly suggested that it was just dad and that I should go back to bed. I was not convinced and followed her back to her room as I did not want to be alone. She no longer believed in Santa and became annoyed at me for hiding under her desk and begging her to come and have another look with me. I finally crept back to my room, closed the door, leaving it slightly ajar and proceeded to pace around my room, not knowing whether to wake my parents or have another look at the kitchen doorway. My ceiling light was dimmed so I could see my entire room clearly. There were no shadows. I finally decided to leave my room to wake my parents and as I opened my door, standing there, blocking my path was motherfucking Santa Claus. He was dressed exactly how I imagined him. He looked like the typical Coca-Cola Santa down to his white woolen trimmings, thick black belt with a golden buckle and red nightcap. He had small circular gold rimmed glasses, a white curly beard, blue eyes and liver spots on his cheeks. I froze and looked up at his eyes. He had what I took to be a stern expression on his face, almost glaring at me. Just after we made eye contact, he bent his head down towards me slightly in a manner that suggested, what are you doing up? You shouldn't be awake, go back to bed. I gasped, took a few steps back and then jumped into bed. I turned my back to the door, closed my eyes and then fell asleep, despite my state of shock. I remember thinking at the time, Santa doesn't like kids being awake because he can't drop off the presents otherwise. So it was as if I knew that I should go back to sleep. The song about Santa Claus comes to mind, he knows when you are sleeping, he knows when you are awake. I didn't get a menacing feeling from him. I didn't feel that I was in any danger. I felt that I was in a bit of trouble for seeing him, that he was annoyed at me. He didn't seem joyful or loving either, just neutral, I guess. I think that he somehow knew that I was going to go to my parents and the only way that he could stop me was to block my exit. In the morning, both my parents said that they didn't see me the night before. They both thought I imagined it, naturally. My sister kept telling me that it was dad. Every few years, I bring up the event with my family. My parents have denied wearing a Santa suit and my sister still thinks it was our dad. After years of thinking about this event, on and off, I have produced a number of facts that no one in my family can explain. Number one, Christmas is in the summer and my dad never wore long pants to bed in summer. Number two, the figure did not move from the kitchen entry for minutes, which is very odd. Number three, no one in my family sleepwalks. Number four, my sister saw the figure, therefore I did not imagine that part of the story. Number five, I never went back to bed so I could not have been dreaming. Number six, I had never had a dream even close to being as vivid as seeing Santa. I have never imagined things to be present in reality that were not there. Number seven, Santa was too short and plump to be my dad and too tall to be my mom. He also had a completely different face eyes and skin type to my parents. Number eight, there were no signs of breaking and entering. Nothing was stolen. Number nine, I did not hear footsteps approach my room. If it was a family member I saw so clearly, it is mighty strange I didn't hear them walking on the floorboards. And number 10, I managed to fall asleep within 30 seconds of seeing Santa despite my state of alarm. I attributed this to him sprinkling sleeping powder over me. I do not still believe in Santa as I know he is completely fabricated character. I think Coca-Cola actually created his modern image. 
the image of him that I saw, I believe what I saw took the shape of Santa. Over the years I have thought that maybe what I saw was possibly a spirit of some form or apparition. I recently saw a hypnotist to regress me back to that night so that I could answer my questions once and for all. Unfortunately, hypnotism did not work. The hypnotist admitted that she did not have much practice in regression so possibly a more skilled hypnotherapist may be able to regress me properly. I still have no idea how or why this event occurred. It appeared to me that Santa was just wandering around our house checking things out. He didn't seem to have an objective. The biggest mystery to me of this entire story is the fact that I fell asleep so soon after seeing him. That is just unnatural. I didn't pass out from shock and I didn't feel him touch me. I have read other stories on the internet of people who have apparently seen Santa. Some of the people explained seeing Santa and then immediately falling asleep, just as I did. Many others seeing a red light or orb. I know this all sounds ridiculous, but I know what I saw. I know the difference between a dream state and a conscious state. I am also not closed-minded and accept that we do not know everything about reality and that some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. This is science. <laughs> Back to the second annual. I just realized I had an intro for this. <laughs> Welcome back to the second annual Freaky Deaky Christmas. We're a mere two days away from Christmas. Our halls are decked, our stockings are hung from the chimney willy nilly. And if you couldn't tell from that introduction, we've got some fascinating, festive tales to share with all of you. Before we touch on that opening story, I'd like to take a moment to remind everyone to absolutely check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Not only will we be posting a few exclusive bonus stories from the Christmas episode, but you will also find five 60-minute TFD-themed Yule Log videos to put on in the background for those of you that love the sounds of a crackling fire and holiday music, but don't have access to a fireplace. We got you covered. In addition to the YouTube channel, be sure to swing by the socials and let us know where you're tuning in from. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at FreakyDeekyPod. And if you're too hip for that, you can find us on TikTok at TFD Paranormal. If you've got a bizarre Christmas tale of your own that you'd like to share, feel free to drop us a line at the gang at thefreakydeeky.com or leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. As many of you know, the past few episodes we've been without Heather, we said, you know, during the holidays, she's got family in town, all that stuff. She keeps pretty busy. Uh, mother of two, three, if you include Michael. What's up, Michael? So now that the holidays are coming to a close, sad music, everyone. Heather might actually be joining us again a little more frequently in studio. So keep an eye out for that. She's going to be back with the gang. She's got a few episodes under her sleeve and she's ready. And if you haven't, be sure to go and check out her twin stories on Bleeful because that episode is now streaming and it's phenomenal. And we love those guys and we love Heather and we're excited that the gang's going to be back together very soon. So stay tuned. But now the housekeeping's all out of the way. Get it. <laughs> Done. Housekeeping's out of the way. Uh, yeah, Christian, what do you think of that opening story? Santa. Santa, what weird, like, I know we talk about some weird stuff on this podcast, did not expect to find a day that we'd be sitting here talking about, quote unquote, like legitimate stories of seeing Santa Claus in the flesh. When you told me about that, that when you, when you mentioned that we were doing this for Christmas, hmm. I was excited. Skeptical me was like, this is going to be great. People who have actually seen Santa Claus. So I have a, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this before we even really get into the stories. But that first story was just great. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can imagine a few different ways that somebody might see Santa Claus. Yeah. Not sure I have, you know, really fascinating is the Coca-Cola Santa Claus. I know. Yeah. So basically. Down to liver spots on the cheeks and right. everything. So obviously it's not a real Santa Claus because the Coca-Cola San Santa Claus has only been around since the 30s. I'm not trying to give any spoilers about the rest of this episode, but we're going to dive into a couple things that 
could explain the whole, you know, Coca-Cola Santa look and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I think, I mean, the only, and I, and I went through the comments and I was trying to search, I'm like, what are other people saying about this story? You know, one of the main threads was the possibility of it just like, if you're a burglar, what better time to break into homes than Christmas? You dress up as Santa Claus. If kids see you, they keep their mouth shut. <laughs> you know, you can ransack the place, take whatever you want and get out. Granted, this guy said, you know, there's no signs of breaking and entering. There was nothing missing from the house. So it was literally like a weird place for Santa to just be hanging out. But yeah, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's probably a burglar. It's this and that. But I got, I don't think it was a burglar. Yeah, it feels weird, right? Obviously, we're doing an episode on this. So this happens more often than not, or maybe not more often than not, but this happens more often than you think. So. I'm going to go a little fox, fox molder on you, please. These are government agents going to check on their experiments. And the perfect time is around Christmas because their experiments, probably children, children, um, or maybe not even experiments, maybe just something they're checking in on. Mm. They're going it. The best time is going around Christmas because these, th- these things they're checking on are kind of suggestive. And Santa Claus is an easy, easy explanation as long as you make sure, sure that you're going to a Christian's house and not somebody that's Jewish, because <laughs> that would be scary, yeah. you know, or, or any other religions that don't celebrate. Well, what's Christmas. so scary about going and seeing Jewish people, Christian? No, <laughs> it'd be, it's definitely not. No, it's Christian. This just, in. This, this no, just don't in. even go that way. No, no, that's but hilarious. Either, no. Anyway. <laughs> there's there's my tinfoil hat way of thinking of it. It's not a burglar. It's the government. Well, there you go. I it, guess uh, if you want to move any idea down to the bottom of the possibility list, Christian just gave you an excellent option. It, they have to check on the indigo children. Best time to check uh, on them is, is Christmas. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I don't know if the pieces to that puzzle quite line up, but like where your head's at for sure. Uh, before we dive into the next story, I wanted to share a few honorable mentions from the comments section where there were multiple other users claiming that they too had witnessed the magic of Christmas and that jolly old Saint Nick. Christian, do you want to read this first one from Snowman on XTC? Yes. Is that ecstasy? Ecstasy. Damn it. They got me. Who wrote the first story? Person 1031. Yeah, so it's a throwaway account. Okay. So person 1031 if you're out there. Or I guess from down under. So if you're under there, reach out. I want to hear more about the Santa Claus encounter. You know what I want to hear more about? The summer oh, in Australia right now. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, compared to what we're feeling right now and the damn snow that's collecting on the driveway as we speak. I sounds to, pretty heavenly. I had to drive through the snow to get here. And then I had to walk up with my oh, brand God. new knee, steps, and a driveway that needed shoveling. Yeah. And guess what? You're going to get to do that again <laughs> because, oh, you want, you know what happened is I, we have a long driveway. Okay. Uh, I've literally shoveled it twice and it takes about an hour and a half to do it. Uh, I don't have that type of free time. Your boy does not have that time. So I paid someone 35 bucks to plow it. And then you know what happened the following day? It snowed. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to pay 70 bucks in two days to have someone clear my driveway. I'm just going to say, fuck it and let the snow accumulate Tis the season. So that's where we are. I did clean out the steps yesterday and then the snow came. So unfortunately I didn't clean out the steps today. And here we you are. You did not. I did not. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Snowman on ecstasy. Since Scott had trouble with it earlier. It is actually XTC. So I wasn't having trouble with it. That's how it's written. My sister always talks about how when we were little, she saw Santa delivering presents to us. She says everyone was asleep when she saw him. She only saw his boots, pants, and heard his bells, but she saw it was for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Did you skip over that one real quick? You the double take? Like, oh, saw his what? Oh, his bells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was Santa, lady. Yeah. She only saw his boots, pants, and heard his bells. <laughs> if it wasn't immediately after pants, I would be okay with it, but if it's... You say suit, pants, bells. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah, it's hard. Sorry. I just got some perspective on what this story is really about. Oh, yeah. Okay. She only saw his boots, pants, and heard his bells, but she says 
It was for sure him because of the gifts. Everybody says it was my grandpa, but he always says she's mistaken and he never dressed as Santa. That morning, I snuck into my grandparents' room looking for any traces of a Santa suit. I even checked every corner of the house, nothing. I believe it wasn't him because I could remember seeing only a flat, small figure for about two seconds until falling back asleep. My grandpa's about 6'3", and the figure had to be 5'8", 5'10". To this day, I still don't know what happened that night, and to be honest, I don't want to know because it still scares me a little. Just adding that neither of us have a mental disorder, nor does our family have any history of mental disorder. So what do you think? I think, didn't the other story mention, like they wanted to make sure that we knew that they didn't have any mental disorders? Yeah. To see Santa, you don't have to just have a a mental disorder. I think it's so ingrained in our culture. I mean, you could go to the mall. You could, <laughs> you know, you could do anything. I once saw him on on a, on TV. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Seen movies with Santa. You don't have to be insane. You know, the, the confusing movie is that one in black and white. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of those old movies. Sorry, Christian. What's your favorite Christmas song? Christmas song? It's it's tough. It's I like all I like the ones that aren't like all like you know about Santa and shit. Like I like the more religious ones because they just have they sound more passionate for whatever reason. Like like O Come O Come Emmanuel is a really good song. Depending on who sings it, depending on who sings it. Is Wait, what was that? O Come O Come Emmanuel. Oh man, I don't know. You don't know that song. You probably know that song. You just haven't heard it. It's a very good song. And then Oh Holy Night has like a killer drop depending on who sings it again uh where it's just like there's a lot of passion in that voice and that's the shit that always resonates with me is the singers and like what they convey out of the song more so than just the uh you know holy jolly blah, blah. you know like that's that shit is fine you try to have a good time but i like the I like the passionate uh christmas songs when i asked that question i did not expect to get that kind of an answer, but that was a great answer. Were you thinking I was going to say like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or something? I just didn't expect you to go that in depth and oh. with that much passion. Well, I'm sorry, man. I'm a passionate guy. Right? I, was, I would. I just asked that because I was reminded to watch. I was reminded watching Hawkeye uh-huh. that Run DMC had a Christmas song. Oh yeah, and it I, it was hilarious to to hear it again after all these years and to see the scenes it was in in that episode. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of bands that have. <clears throat> I'm gonna say it again without sounding. I'm going through puberty. There's a lot of. <laughs> there's a. There's a. There's a lot of bands that that have like Christmas albums and stuff where they write unique Christmas songs. I'm like, oh, let's do our own special Christmas songs. And actually, one of them is Reliant K. And they were like, uh, what was their famous song? Uh, Be my escape, probably. That was back not in like it. 2005 or something like that. No, I think I heard them before that. Even was it more pop punky back it, in the weren't day? Weren't they doing the like copacetic song? I don't think so, but I don't know what copacetic is at the moment. So, you know, like, so maybe they were. I'm going to have to find this out. I can't imagine that you know who Reliant K is. Uh, Actually, they're they're more mainstream, I guess, now, but they were like a Christian band when I was growing up. So so you're saying I can't hear, listen to a Christmas band or a Christian band? I'm saying, yes. Yeah, you especially d- would not be caught dead listening to a, a Christian band, but. P.O.D.? You listen to P.O.D.? I used to when they yeah, were famous. When they were good, <laughs> if they were good, I never really cared about POD. All my friends were like, POD is amazing. I'm like, mm. Mm, it was just different. Yeah. Um, wasn't, uh, was Paramore a Christian band at first? I thought so, but I, to be honest with you, I don't know. Because when I listened yeah. to that song, Let the Flames Begin. Yeah. I remember all I, my, my Christian friends were listening to Paramore and I think they played, but I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think they, they might've been more, uh, what's that? What's the word that Christians use for it? Secular. <laughs> Why well, I I know they were like at when they everybody started to know who they were they were yeah it kind of switched over pretty quick but yeah. I think they might have started that off as song a, sounds a little bit more religious could have been yeah what was the song you said by Reliant K Be My Escape I think that was the only one that was like really popping like radio when it came out I think that's what what hit the uh, the radio waves it, and did you know the so- the Christmas song. Reliant K on their Christmas uh, Christmas album, Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Reindeer. And I guess more so in the, later in their career, they started writing more like serious music. But Matt Thiessen in general is just like a phenomenal writer and lyricist. And so on that album in particular, they do a uh, a mashup of Silent Night and Away in a Major. Away in a Manger, I should say. I never pronounced the N, which is really good. And then the other one is I Celebrate the Day 
and I hate Christmas parties. <laughs> Both of those are really good. Like kind of like, but you know me, your boy is melancholic. So it's kind of, uh, they're more like, like light ones, kind of like, like chill songs, you know, chill Christmas songs. Oh no, no, no. Sorry. It's not, I, it's not, I celebrate the day. It's, uh, Merry Christmas. Here's to many more. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good family one. This is so weird. Yeah. It is weird. I don't know how I know that band. Reliant K. That is very weird. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, be like in the top song on, on their Spotify is be my escape. And that's, that's how a lot of people know that song because, or that band is because they heard it on the radio when that was popular. Like, I feel like I heard them even way earlier than that. You might've, they did uh songs about like going to prom and rich shit like that. <laughs> like, that's what I, I feel like Sadie, like Sadie Hawkins dance and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's this pop rock before they kind of did the shift over to more mainstream stuff. But what about you, Christian? What's your one and only song that you like that's Christmas related? Christmas and Hollis. Christmas and Hollis? No. That, <laughs> there was another one. Uh, like, I think it was just because rap had just you know, started becoming popular. Hmm. And there was one, uh, I can't remember what mov- movie it was in. It was, it was um, something like, yo, ho, ho, open up your door. Something like that. It was, I'm Santa Claus and guess what, y'all? I got oh. something to show. So it was really old rap. Yeah, it sounds like like peak 80s, 90s It was rap. 80s. Okay, yeah. Yeah, definitely 80s, probably. Yeah, where it's all like kind of wholesome still and you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah before, are you jiving to this? Yeah, yeah, a little bit before the gangster rap came out. Yeah, it didn't sound too gangster. Maybe it was who was saying it, but didn't didn't really hit me with a gangster vibe. No, in the movie, the guy was dressed as Santa Claus. There you go. So. They made a movie about it, or was it, like it was a, a music rap, video? A movie about rap music, and this just happened to be one of the songs because I guess it was taking place. Weird. Yeah, it was really weird. Eighties yeah. were weird. Yeah. If anyone out there is listening and understands what Christian's talking about, title, give us a title, please. Yeah. I am very interested in seeing this. Santa Claus pulls up, come get the loot. You better be watching what you do. None of that list you got, they go go through. Are you being good, having you? Santa Claus pulled up, come get the loot. You better be watching what you do. This next one comes to us from Terra Incognita. That's a fun one. Which means hidden land or secret land. Yes. Something like that. It's funny my younger brother said he saw Santa when he was little too. He said that he woke up in the middle of the night, looked out his window, and saw a flying sleigh with reindeer in the sky. It was a full moon and very bright. This was quite a while ago now. I always said he was probably dreaming or imagining it, as he was pretty young. But reading this gets me thinking. If spirits and entities get their energy from people, as lots of research says, then it would be reasonable to assume that with an event like Christmas, there is lots of concentrated energy feeding this one entity. Not only children, but adults as well. I have to assume that 99% of adults don't believe in Santa Claus, but there's the whole, quote, spirit of Christmas. Decorations of the guy, movies, people are talking about him, etc. If we prescribe to the theory that spirits do draw energy from people and emotions, maybe it's not too absurd to say that he would be able to manifest in some form. And we're getting closer to that, that we're just barely inching our way closer to the, the first theory of ours that you're going to go over in a minute here. But I want to get over a couple more of these. Yeah, I'll read this next one and then you can read the one that kind of leads into the theory. Okay, can I, can I just point out that I love this name? Uncanny Valley Girl? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what Uncanny Valley is? It's like, uh, the, the easy way to explain it is the way you can tell something isn't human. Like the problem they have with certain types of animation and AI. It's the uncanny valley. Yeah. Oh. To where a human maybe not can't even recognize why they know, but they know that this thing is not. Something just feels off. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So tying that together with Valley Girl. Mm-hmm. Great mashup. Yep. I like it too. Two good names in a row. Uh, this comment is from Christian's new favorite username on Reddit. Uncanny Valley Girl. Honest to God, I heard Santa's sleigh on my roof. I was probably five or six Christmas night, and I was solidly awake, thinking about Santa. As we all do, as we all do at that age. I've done it. We sit there solidly awake, thinking about Santa. Until Santa puts you to sleep with his Santa dust. With his magic powders. My mother and father were dead asleep in the next room, snoring loudly. They did not have a radio in their room or a television, and our only neighbors were an ancient Italian couple with rough English and early bedtimes. I think it was around midnight. 
I heard hoofbeats on a roof above me and the sound of jingling bells. It was completely unmistakable. The weird thing about it is that I never believed in Santa. I was a skeptic from birth. Christian, I know you sent in this story. You're the Uncanny Valley girl. Yeah. The whole time. Totally. I was a skeptic from birth and would only accept that which could be proven to me. But this, this was weird. There was no way it could have come from an adjacent house. It was too loud and directly above me. I really have no idea what happened that night. Classic. Like, oh my God. Like, OMG, is that Santa Claus? Yeah. Is he above us right now? Oh my God. Gag me with a spoon. Yeah, no thanks. But interesting nonetheless, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird. weird. What's really weird is I just went through like a whole couple sayings. Yeah. That totally didn't even phase you because you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, I'm aware of what valley girls are. I was just using some of their terminology. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard gag me with a spoon and shit before, but I've, I've always just like assumed it. I was like, that sounds like some weird shit Lindsay Lohan would say to her weird friends and mean girls so i'll just stick with that same area but yeah it fits technically but it was just earlier the valley girls were quite the thing back then (laughs) yeah back to the weird weird thank god we're out of that right Mm -hmm. but we're not we're in such a weirder place now yeah all right uh so these final comments found from that same original opening story are going to lead into the next topic so i don't know if you want to read them and then or you can read the first one, I'll read the second one, and then you can lead us into the topic at hand, which is a great theory, and it's one of my favorites, and it's one we're going to cover at some point. I'm excited. When I was about seven or eight, I heard Santa. On Christmas Eve, I would sleep in my parents' room, and you know how hard it is to sleep on Christmas with the anticipation of opening gifts. So I was on the floor when all of a sudden I heard the classic on-dancer, on-prancer. You guys know the rest. I looked over and my parents were sleeping, so it could not have been them, and when I looked out the window I saw faint gold lights. I don't know, just kind of floating, like when light travels fast. And then I heard the wind. I don't remember anything after this. My dad and grandma both had similar experiences. In my opinion, Santa Claus is a tulpa. So many people around the globe hoping for him and whatnot. However, this experience made me a true believer. And that is theory number one. And before we dive into theory number one, I'll read the second comment that kind of points to being a tulpa as well. Um, And this one is from Tandrin. Honestly, I've always wondered if the sightings of Santa could be a tulpa. It would make sense as a tulpa is created by, quote, extreme concentration, and 32% of the entire world celebrates Christmas. All of these people thinking about and concentrating on the mythical character of Santa Claus, all with very similar views of what Santa looks like. It's very possible you encountered a tulpa. This is Ooh. this is this just got really fun. I know, I know, and like because I mean, this is we've talked about doing an episode on tulpas in the past, right? We've been like it would be kind of interesting, but uh, what would the spin be? Why not do it for for Christmas? We get we get to to look into tulpas a little bit, and it's still, granted, we're going to do an entire episode on tulpas at some point. But the idea that it came up for the Christmas episode, it made me it was like a Christmas miracle, and I'm right. excited about it. Uh, now we're we're not going to dive too deep into the tulpa theory as we'll be doing a full episode on tulpas in their future. But I thought it'd be a fitting subject to touch on after seeing it brought up a couple times in those comments. Christian, would you like to go over the basics of what a tulpa is for our listeners who may not be aware? Okay. Tulpa is a concept in theosophy, mysticism, and the paranormal of an object or being that is created through spiritual or mental powers. Modern practitioners use the term to refer to the type of a, a to refer the ah, language Christian. This is the Christmas episode. Sorry, I did it again. <laughs> How dare you? Modern practitioners use the term to refer to a type of willed imagined being with practitioners, which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively independent. Tulpas have thoughts, emotion, emotions, and personality separate from their host. People who have one or more tulpas are tulpamancers. Tulpas can be created either with collective or meditative techniques or accidentally when someone has an imaginary friend that persists later in life. That tulpamancers thing is pretty hilarious. Yeah. 20th century theosophists, theosophists adapted the 
Baj Rain Rainin Rayana adapted the Baj Rayana concept of the emanation body into. Did you do this shit to me on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> now, believe it or not, this is the same level you usually struggle with these stories. No more, no less. I have never had you put so many words like that in so close. Are you talking about emanation? Emanation is fine. Are you talking about the Vajrayana? Yeah, Vajrayana concept of the emanation body into concepts of topa and thought form. The theosophists... Theosophist. Theosophist. See what I mean? Like, that word is hard. <laughs> I don't see what you mean. Uh, yeah. They'll make fun of me because there's certain words that I've written. You're like, let's, why did you put all these words like this? I let's can't get back. Say let's get back to the Theosophist, shall we? <laughs> the Theos Theosophist Annie Besant in the 1901 book Thought Forms divides them into three classes. Forms in the shape of a person who creates them. Forms in the shape of the person who creates them. Forms that resemble objects or people and may become ensouled by nature spirits or by the dead. And forms that represent inherent qualities from the astral or mental planes, such as emotions. The term thought form is also used in Evan Wentz's 1927 translation of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. The concept is also used in the Western practice of magic. Occultist William Walker Atkinson, in his book, The Human Aura, described thought forms as simple ethereal objects emanating from the aura surrounding people, generating from their thoughts and feelings. He further elaborated in clairvoyance and occult powers how experienced, practice, how experienced practitioners of the occult can produce thought forms from their auras that serve as astral projections, which may or may not look like the person who is projecting them, or as illusions that can only be seen by those with awakened astral sense senses. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think it's possible that these people that are witnessing this Santa Claus, this Santa Claus, or a Santa Claus, any Santa Claus in general, it's a tulpa? First off, you. Like we've talked about Topas before, you said. Mm. I don't recall ever hearing that name. Really? You've never heard Tulpa? No. Which really? is crazy because some of this stuff we've oh. talked about. Yeah, Tulpas. <laughs> no, but some of the things I've described yeah. when I get all skeptic, skeptical. Oh. I'm, I, uh, and I start talking about how people can kind of project their energy into something. Yeah. That sounds just like this. And yeah. like why, in the case of a Tulpa, and there, one of those um, commenters said something like 30, 32% of the populate world's yeah. population celebrate Christmas. Christmas. But if Santa Claus is being manifested yeah. so far, these are all kids talking about it. And to me, kids are still magical. Children, yeah. There's something about children in, because in they particular. Believe. Yeah. They believe. And if you, you know... Huh. So wouldn't they be the ones behind maybe these apparitions because of their their belief and their kind of untainted way of thinking where yeah. the world of magic is still all around them, whether there is magic or not? Yeah. They believe it. And maybe they that energy can be projected into something like a tulpa. Yeah. Whether it's there's some entity there that is shaped by their beliefs or their thoughts or feeding off of it yeah i mean when you say it like that it sounds really sinister and scary mm. but none of these stories feel sinister and scary maybe you know and maybe that's what all like some uh, yeah. all paranormal sightings are is but some kind of projection of maybe a basic form of or basic spirit that is shaped by our thoughts and uh beliefs i don't know about all paranormal sightings but for sure santa claus I think it's definitely Santa Claus, yeah, but the because there's no way Santa Claus can be there. Yeah. My question would be after let's say after Christmas, right? Like all these kids, they're super pumped up for for Santa Claus to come, all this stuff. What happens to the Tulpa afterward? Like after Christmas is, is done. And is there multiple Tulpas? Is there multiple Santa sightings in one year? Or is it like all the combined belief of this one Santa puts Santa somewhere on the globe? 
for a period of time. Maybe the you know torpa I mean? just goes on to other business. Maybe he that's like, the turns only... into a banker or something like that. He's like, well, I guess this no, is what I, I mean, do now. A tulpa is sounds like it's a spirit, right? Or some kind of form. It's a thought form, yeah. Yeah. And but, I think why you don't remember us talking about it, maybe if I said the word like golem to you, would that be? Oh, yeah. That, this sounds. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as I'm reading the story is golem. Yeah. But that's like, that's Jewish, right? Is golem or is tulpa Jewish? I, I can't remember. They both. I know golem or, comes from Jewish folk folklore. Yeah. But this um, this might too. Yeah. Kind of. They both kind of sound like they, they come from the same. So I don't know why they'd have multiple names or maybe we're getting mixed up and they have different. They well, are in, entirely different like entities or whatever. But but yeah, uh, that's I think because every time I've said a tulpa, you've hit me back with like a, like you're like, like a golem. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> exactly like that, I think. But yes, yeah, we have talked about this multiple times, okay, but kind of makes sense to me in, a, mm. in my skeptical way of thinking. Oh, yeah. That people could see these things. And yeah. and I'd never really thought about it until we're reading some of these stories so far. Mm. But I swear when I was a kid, I heard Santa on my roof. I'll get the fuck right out of town. <laughs> no, I swear. It was the same house where the demon came up out of the ground. Are you sure it wasn't the demon on the roof? I mean, maybe it was if it was a tulpa. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Was it the fiddler on the roof? It was definitely not the fiddler. Okay, so we're, we're at one. Yeah. So explain the story to us then. I mean, it's it's just one of those weird things where I firmly believed and told my parents that I heard Santa and reindeer mm. on my roof. Yeah. And, you know, that was a long, long time ago. I don't, I can't go farther than that. I just remember believing that I heard the, the bells. Yeah. And so. Man, what if like every kid at some point has, you know what I mean? Like, and we just forget over time. Like, what if this what is. I believe. Yeah, that's I kind of believe really that. weird. I, I believe mm. that children kind of have this power over the world. It makes sense for kids, for yeah. sure. Because anything, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, they're not like, like us adults, we're so weighed down by everything, right? Kids, they still believe in everything. They still have faith. They still have all stuff. Like, like, like you say, magic. It's just yeah. kind of like a, a, a wonder about the world that kind of dies off the older you get. Well, I, I, and I, sadly, I bet you some of that is going away. Mm. Even with children, because kids children, are weird these days. Yeah. Well, children are the world we live in. There's just so much information coming at you that children have to think thoughts that maybe they shouldn't. And it, there's not much you can do about it other yeah. than try to teach them to believe in magical things, because that is part of growing. I mean, but you have to put effort into it now, either to get your kids away from all the noise. Yeah. So that they can go play out in the yard and, you know, build yeah, a snowman. Yeah. Get that's out that there. Kind of, yeah. So. I don't know where I was going with that point, but but it got really sad. Thanks. Well, it's yeah. just it's. I don't want it to be sad. I just too late. <laughs> we just have to work harder to get that peace and quiet that humans need. Yeah. To to grow their brain, and especially in children, you need they shouldn't be entertained all the time. I wonder if there's any accounts of uh, like, and we kind of touched on tulpas, obviously. You know, um, if there's any accounts of these people that like this one, the opening story in particular. This kid saw Santa Claus in his home, in his kitchen, whatever. Like, are there any accounts of people that witnessed Santa in the house with them and also had like an unaccounted for gift or mm -hmm. an un, like some kind of present that the parents were like, yo, where did that come from? You know, because that's the one thing that would also kind of it'd be hard for me to wrap my head around. Like maybe, OK, you saw Santa, but it wouldn't explain the gifts, right? The parents are still buying all the gifts. So if Santa was in your house for Wait a reason, a second, was man. he leaving something? Okay, well, if there's kids listening, Santa definitely brought you gifts. Sorry, Christian, wasn't trying to, you know, but. This is exactly what I mean. It's like there's so much information we forget yeah. to play into the facade. It's like a, a like a worldwide belief now in Santa that, we're, that we perpetuate throughout the world so that we don't ruin any magic for children. I'm going to get to experience this myself in the near future. I don't think we've announced on the podcast. We have not announced anything yeah, yet. But, but yeah, uh, China's pregnant, which means you're going to be a first-time grandfather. Yep. I'm going to be first-time dad. And now we get to do fun experiments on the child for the sake of the podcast. You remember how we talked about past lives? We're going to yeah, we're, we're going to take gonna care of that. Some questions. We're going to ask some yeah. questions. Going to be like, hey, Santa Claus. Uh, they won't real. be traumatizing questions. They'll just be like normal. No. No. And I, I'm such an like when I talk to kids, I'm such an idiot, idiot anyway, telling them crazy yeah. stories. Hey, so. Spoiler alert. It doesn't stop when you, <laughs> That's <laughs> you true. talk to adults as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. 
So it's it's just part of me. Sorry. It takes one to know on Christian, so I'm right there with you. But yeah, I thought we I thought we announced that on the podcast yet, but no. So no, there was one time recently where I was like, almost... I remember what it was. It was the because I remember listening to the episode and being like, he wants to say it, but he can't because we haven't said that that China's pregnant yet. Yeah, uh, and it was the false awakening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was when China was seeing stuff and like the demon in the bathroom. You're like, well, I have one idea, but I'll save it for a later episode. And I knew like it, when, as I was editing that, I'm like, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's because she's pregnant. He thinks she's just being weird. Yeah, so it's her pregnancy brain. Yeah, so good times. What a, a Christmas! What a, a, a great time to announce that for our listeners of the pod on our Christmas episode. It's a Christmas yeah. miracle. It's a gift. I don't know if it's a miracle, <laughs> it's, but it's natural. It feels natural, sure, but we can say miracle. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna enjoy this. Yeah, same. And then there's gonna be a dog soon too. So that's e- That's probably not as much. I can't enjoying really that say part. that's even better. But I almost did. Cut to 10 years from now, your grandson's listening to the podcast being like, wait, okay, so first of all, Santa's not real. Then um, grandpa likes dogs more than he likes me. Great. This is a comedy podcast. It is. Yeah, remember that, son. Yeah. Yeah, let me sit you down. It's my fatherly wisdom coming out, Christian. It's hard to turn off. scary. I don't don't even think I've ever used those words before. (laughs) Let me sit you down, son. It's time to have a discussion. Um, yeah, so now we've got the Tulpa talk out of the way. Let's, we're going to be closing this out here in a little bit, but as mentioned earlier, if you're having too much of that festive goodness and you want more Christmas spirit, you're going to head over to the YouTube channel as soon as this episode wraps and you're going to find a nice gift of bonus stories, bonus Christmas ghost stories. We're going to share with you guys over on YouTube. It's our favorite. And you're going to get to see what the, what we decked the set out with. Spoiler alert, Christmas lights and Garland. There's gar- oh, there is Garland. There's Garland. Yeah. Judy Garland, come on in. No, um, yeah, she's not here. Anyway, is she dead? Yeah, from yeah, the she's, an- dead. she's from the Antelope Valley. Judy Garland, wow, lived in Lancaster, I believe. That's awesome. You know, I, I was wondering if we we're gonna get more useless information on this podcast in this episode, <laughs> and we are shoving it in totally. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> these are uh, an overview. Actually, damn, we're not even close to. Actually, yes, we are. Uh, something that doesn't often get brought up with modern Christmas tradition is the telling of ghost stories. As odd as it may sound, sharing ghost stories used to be a holiday tradition amongst families. And as a matter of fact, as mentioned in one of the most popular Christmas songs of all time, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Another example, of course, being Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol with Ebenezer Scrooge being in in and of itself a ghost story. To give a little more insight into the correlation between ghost stories and Christmas, we'll take a look at this excerpt from an article published via the Carter Howe. Howe. Is that Howe? Howe. How it's H A U G H, how how how, well if you want or huff 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 maybe how okay well here we are Carter Huff how school Christian take it away to understand my Christmas to understand why <laughs> understand my Christmas <laughs> listen to me to understand why Christmas was traditionally a time for ghost stories you have to look. At the various connections the celebration of Christmas has to the Celtic celebration of Yule, the winter solstice, and the darkest night of the year. Well, like Halloween and Samhain. 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 Thank you. I, uh, I always say Samhain. <laughs> yeah, it shows. Samhain. Like Halloween and Samhain, these connections are not perfect, and Yule certainly didn't turn into Christmas. There are still significant borrowings that should be considered. What's most important here, however, is that the winter solstice is yet another liminal time. A time of the year when the veil between worlds is thin. This makes it, therefore, a perfect time for ghosts. This belief, coupled with the fact that it simply gets darker earlier, makes the end of December the prime and traditional haunted storytelling time. Yeah. That makes sense because... Could you imagine how scary winter must have been back in the day? Before you get into that, read the little the little tagline. Just to yourself, you don't have to read it aloud. <laughs> uh, That's great. not cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I knew like this. I, I knew this would get you going. I was like, I, I gotta make sure. Yeah. It just says it says open <laughs> open discussion. Keep Christian from ranting about this for 30 minutes, adding to prior point. What was the prior point? Does that mean I already ranted? Um, no, just about what the 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 ghost and the the Samhain or the, damn it, now you got me doing it. The Samhain and the, and that type of shit, like the thinning of the veil for the this time of year. So, 
So yeah, please continue now. That do you remember what you're gonna say? No. Oh. Well, I guess that's it, folks. Uh, I I remember I'm a little hurt though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know you like when I leave notes for myself, so I left a note for for you. There's nothing you have to add to that, Christian. I can imagine how scary, like the longer hours of darkness must have been for an ancient man who started some of these traditions because yeah. you know once it starts getting darker earlier it is you're gonna be telling creepy. scary stories a lot mm -hmm. more seems like a weird thing to do i it, for me personally i prefer to tell all my scary stories in the daylight but that's not the way it works i know it, it, but it should like it, it should for yeah. all of us but for some reason we do it you really do be like that, yeah. yeah. And that's all I'll say because I'm not allowed to rant. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for that input. This popularity of ghost stories in Christmas was aided by the fascination with the paranormal and the rise of spiritualism in the Victorian and Edwardian eras. As seances and the use of spirit boards became more vogue, so did the holiday trend. When the religious movement faded from the spotlight in the 1920s, the ghost story tradition stuck around, even if the English slightly cooled on it during the early to mid-war-torn 20th century. M. R. James, the medieval scholar and one of the best ghost story writers ever, took to telling fireside tales of the supernatural while he served as provost at Eton College from 1918 to 1936. In North America, Canadian novelist Robertson Davies would do the same at Massey College, according to bibliographers Carl Spadoni and Judith Skelton Grant. Meanwhile, American horror author and undeniable racist H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft set his 1925 Necronomicon story, A Festival, during Christmas time. Christmas in America, however, became especially defined by the jolly but also supernatural Santa Claus character presented in a 1931 Coca-Cola advertisement painted by Haddon Sundblom and inspired by Clement Clark Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Twas the Night Before Christmas. The folklore of Christmas in America in the early 20th century was candy cane sweet. That is very interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting, like, how it started off one way and then just America in particular was like, mm, we're going to hijack this. We're gonna we're gonna show you capitalism at its yeah. best for the holidays. We're gonna sell this the yeah. best that we can. Yeah, Santa Claus is really freaking people out right now. Let's make him fat, wear weird clothes. Could you imagine give you gifts? The some of the people that were like, "No, man, we want we do Krampus." We're like, no, that's Bring scary. We, Krampus. We can't yeah. we can't sell anything with Krampus. Now they probably would be able to though. Imagine if they forked off the Christmas crowd. So like like just the goth crowd or something like that. I was like, okay, Satanism, here's your Krampus. That yeah. would be a great way to they sell. Could. That's what I'm saying. New. They could make even more money by being like, oh, you guys don't like like Jesus or Santa Claus? Let's That's try this on for size. Yeah. And, and Krampus is kind of cool anyway. I don't think so. I mean, as far as... Are you aware of what Krampus does, allegedly? <laughs> steals naughty children. Beats them, tortures them. Yeah, the whole the whole nine. Yeah. It's not visible on audio, but Christian shrugged. <laughs> he gave he gave a visible shrug. I mean, and yeah, that's just the world we live in now. That is the world we live in. Christian, you heard it here first, folks. Christian is for the torturing. No, <laughs> that's not. I'm saying Krampus would fit in our modern society better than Santa gotcha, Claus. Gotcha, gotcha. And with that, we're gonna lead you into these closeout stories. Christmas is just around the corner. And I'm definitely still a believer. Coming up, just around the bend. The problem is me. Me, me. Holiday All right, this first one. We're, and what we're doing here, these are similar to what you're going to be seeing on the YouTube channel immediately after this episode. It's just some, some good old-fashioned ghost stories that take place around Christmas. We want this tradition to come back. We do want this. It is great for the brand if this tradition comes back. And if it doesn't come back, we will make it. Well, we're going to have a Christmas episode every year, so. That's true. Themed off of Fast and the Furious movies, as mentioned earlier. Please know. This is, what's the next one going to be? Number three, a freaky deaky Christmas, Alaska drift. No, Santa drift. Someone pitched me an idea. Snow that drift. Snow drift actually kind of works. <laughs> Pitch us an idea for how to spin Tokyo drift into a, a Christmas themed. And if we like it and we use it, we'll send you a sweater. How's that?
How's or you that? can just come up with a bif- a different theme that works better for Chris for our future <laughs> Christmas episode. They don't get to make fun of Vin Diesel every year, and that's where people there'll be other things to make fun of. We were, but I think we were talking about something else. All that aside, that's how you get into it. All that aside, this story is called The Brown Lady of... This might... It sounds a little racist when you read it out loud, but it's not. It has nothing to do with that. The Brown Lady of Rainham Hall wanders passages every Christmas. You know what? I'm going to say fuck the title and just dive into the story. Yeah. Oh, hey, would you look at that? It's right back. First sentence in. The Brown Lady of Rainham Hall has perplexed visitors and paranormal investigators for hundreds of years. Back in the 1700s, owner Charles Townsend married a young woman named Dorothy Walpole. Hmm. While they lived happily together for some time in Rainham Hall, Townsend soon became paranoid that his, his new wife was being unfaithful to him. Eventually driving himself mad with jealousy, he decided to hide Dorothy away in the hall, telling all of their friends and family that she had tragically passed. Dorothy was forced to stay inside the mansion, allowed only to wander through its halls. Not long after, she perished never having left Rainham Hall after her husband imprisoned her. Ever since her passing, people have witnessed the image of a woman in a tattered brown dress wandering through the halls, and some of these reported encounters are truly horrifying. One visitor, unaware of the brown lady's legend, approached a woman in the hall only to have her look at him, quote, with a glowing face, but where her eyes should have been, there were only empty sockets. Years later, after numerous other reported sightings, a photographer from Country Life magazine visited Rainham Hall to document it for an article. After snapping a photograph of the central stairwell, he saw within the image a hazy silhouette that many believe is none other than Dorothy Walpole, the brown lady. So allegedly, this lady wanders these halls every Christmas, which is not exactly the festive spirit that I'd like to get into during Christmas time, especially if you don't have eyes and nothing but sockets. Not really singing holly jolly, but you know what? I just, I guess I won't go there during Christmas time. Maybe she's a... Wandering the, the halls during this time, hoping to get a gift. So, because nobody wants a brown dress. I mean, it can't be the right season for it. Yeah. Asking the real questions here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's just because her last name is Walpole or what, but that sounds somewhat familiar. Walpole sounds familiar to me as well. But I think growing I think, up, we knew a Walpole family. I think it's a, a, in England and it's probably a, a more common name. Mm. I don't know. I've heard, I think there's other Walpoles, but first off, I, I hope her husband suffered at some point in this life or the next Yeah, for what he did, because that's pretty messed up. Yeah. But also kind of modern. Yeah. It checks out. Yeah. Oh, you know, you, you're being unfaithful because you're beautiful or whatever and young. Yeah. Obviously, Charles Townsend was probably the way the way the story is told that this his wife was young. So he was probably like one of them old rich dudes that just went out and like they did back in the day and Mm. disgusting yeah disgusting both character and probably appearance yeah i don't know what to say about that kind of ghost story that was kind of tragic it was well no one said this was going to be a fun christmas we we got the fun out of the way with the santa claus stories now we're into the 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 mud yeah yeah we're getting definitely into the mud because now we're going to talk about phantoms plagued a brooklyn home during christmas time A few weeks before Christmas in 1878, Edward F. Smith was at his home in Brooklyn, New York when the doorbell rang. He answered the door, but there was no one there. This soon became a nightly occurrence. Doorbell would ring only for Smith to find no one outside and no signs that anyone had been there at all. Growing frustrated, Smith sprinkled ash and flour along the path of the door, expecting to find footprints left behind, but the substances were undisturbed and the noises continued. No matter where he and his family stood around the house, the noises remained unidentifiable. Smith and his family were growing more concerned as the doorbell ringing turned to aggressive banging on the doors. Eventually, they contacted the police. The ringing and banging continued, and still no one was able to identify its source. One night, a brick suddenly flew through the window from outside, even though police officers were standing nearby and saw no one. Although they investigated the home for some time, Police were unable to identify the cause of the disturbances. Smith and those who witnessed the strange occurrences ultimately concluded they must be paranormal in nature. You think? 
feels like it might be. Yeah, yeah I think a it's... A brick come flying through the window. Well, up until the brick come flying through the window, I thought all the noises were from the girl in the brown dress trying to get someone's attention to rescue her, but... Wow. Tying the, it all together. When the when the brick came through the window, I'm like, oh, nope, not her. Yeah. This person, Edward, who had a doorbell in 1878, made some it's people pretty angry. Fancy. Yeah. Pretty fancy shit back then, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Brooklyn was still expensive to live in, I think, back then, or ex more expensive than the rest of the country, probably. Probably, but by a gross margin cheaper, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Still expensive at the time, but yeah. not like it is now. Oh, yeah. Inflation. It's no yeah. joke. Yeah. Well, it is a joke to all of us peons that get stuck with it while the rich get... This isn't the podcast for that. No, no, no. 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 I feel it, though. And I think all our listeners feel it as well. What do you think about these phantoms? Uh, that would terrify me. It would be terrifying. But... Like, you know, ringing, like ding-dong ditch? Sure. But if it was that and then, like, it escalates into someone just banging on the door and, like, almost like they're trying to, like, break in or, like, whatever, scare the crap out of you, yeah. And then you open the door and there's nothing there. No, thanks. I, I still, and maybe it's the Christmas spirit, but I feel like this guy probably deserved that. Is this because he had a doorbell? I, I don't know why. <laughs> are you are you hung up on the doorbell? <laughs> it... it just feels like maybe the other, the, the story before this got me a little on edge. How's that? Yeah, it could be because I have a ring doorbell and I promise that's way fancier than whatever this dude had. Yeah, but that's probably cheaper than it. Buying a ring doorbell now is mm -hmm. probably cheaper than it was to get a regular doorbell back then added to your house didn't we just talk about inflation Christian, yeah we're all broke no yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know uh spooky nonetheless yeah definitely but i'm not gonna say that this guy i'm not gonna you know blame the victim as christian is so want to do apparently here is this next story going on youtube because let me just say sir jeffrey de mandeville de mandeville sounds like we're going down a similar vein mm, indeed <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> yes, uh, this next one is Sir Jeffrey de Mandeville and his headless dog. The story of Sir, Sir Jeffrey de Mandeville is brimming with political betrayals, as is any other political story, but that, again, not this episode. He held the title of Earl of Essex and was a prestigious... I almost said pretentious. <laughs> he was a Maybe well, that probably, too. Yeah, both. It probably works. Was a prestigious European landowner during the 1100s. Wow, it's been a while. Because of his title, he had great influence over royal politics at the time. However, when a debate emerged regarding the rightful heir to the throne, he chose the losing side and was promptly stripped of many of his assets and excommunicated from the church. During the excommunication, Sir Geoffrey was slain on the battlefield, but because of his exile, he was not allowed a proper Christian interment, which many believe left his spirit trapped within the earthly realm. Rumor claims that Sir Geoffrey also left a curse on the property he owned, stating that should they ever be taken away from him, ruin would befall his betrayer and every six years on Christmas Eve, he and a headless dog would haunt the lands draped in a red cloak. Ever since his demise, people who have visited the properties he once owned, particularly the Pym's Brook Bridge in East Barnet, have reported hearing strange sounds and witnessing the hazy image of a headless dog breaking through the fog, accompanied by a knight in full armor and a red cloak. The imagery on that story no. is amazing. I know, that would be a little too bizarre for my taste. I'd be like, oh, okay. But it's weird that like it's like every six years, it's like, okay, you're going to do this, then you better buckle up, because every sixth year on Christmas Eve, you're going to have a bad time. Wait, that almost seems worse than every year in a certain way. Especially if you forget the timeline and you're like, oh shit, is it this year? Is it this year? Has it yeah. been six years? No. Right about the time you'd kind of like, oh, okay, forget about it. No. It happens again. And then it only happens a couple of times and then your life's over. And then it happens to the next person yeah. forever. Now I, now I know when we go to Europe where as the podcast gets grows bigger, we're going to go visit this bridge. Yeah, guys, tell your friends so you can go visit this bridge. What are you doing out there? Since it's Essex, I would assume it's... England? You can assume that all you'd like. We'll let our English listeners write in and, you know, yeah, sound off. Chime in. Cheerio. <sighs> that was a classic American thing to say. Yeah. Cheerio. Yeah. You're not, I feel disgusting. You, you, that I'm, is, not, that was, I'm not happy. I was it. disgusted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're well, going to get us canceled. Hashtag canceled. Yeah. 
We had a great, we had a great run. Two yeah. Christmases. Yep. Hey, didn't be- get to better than most. <laughs> didn't get to the Tokyo thrift or. I told you that was some bad juju. Snow drift, a freaky. You know what? Let us know. Let it snow. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think that's all we got for you guys today. Again, head over to YouTube because if not for the stories, just to see the headwear that Christian and I are rocking right now, it's great times. It's my. It's. It's great times. I'm still wearing my braces, so I have to wear my headgear. <laughs> classic classic reference yes um yeah so i just want to thank everyone for tuning in uh to our second annual christmas episode sorry that heather couldn't be here this year but she'll be back next year and just a huge shout out to everyone that's kind of you know rocked with us this year it's been fun season two has been a treat so far and we're excited to see the the show not only grow more but you know to hear what everyone's thinking about it to hear what everyone thinks of the podcast to see the numbers growing and stuff it really has been a great blessing to all of us and we're thrilled about it and we can't wait to see what happens and we hope that everyone has a merry christmas and a fantastic new year christian you got anything that you would like to add to this close out as a christmas gift we would like some of your predictions for the next year you might put it into an episode there you go. So send us in your predictions. They can be outlandish or realistic, and we will we will use them on a New Year's episode. And we'll see a year from now, a little over a year from now, how close we got. You know so, how to get a hold of us. If not... Yeah, I think you know. Yeah. At this point, you should know. Yeah. And if you don't know, uh, check the description of whatever you're listening to this on. I guarantee there's links there as well. Yeah, we make it easy. Yeah. Do us a favor. You can now rate us on Spotify. Make that happen, if you will. At least they said you're supposed to be able to. If, if you go to Spotify and you can't, then sorry. <laughs> when it's official, then I'll let you know. I'm thinking by the time this comes out. And oh, this is recorded live. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, have a great 23rd. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's not. If it's there, leave us a review on Spotify. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy your eggnog. Enjoy your family, friends, gifts, the whole nine. So long. See you next week right here on the Freaky Deaky Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> What else is new, Christian? Some things we legitimately cannot explain. Logic, 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 Science, that stuff. Ho, ho, ho. Christmas congregating in my mouth. Why my tinfoil hat? Why? Gating in my Legitimately cannot explain. Logically. Christmas. 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 Because I've been rep- I've been referred to as like the male Daria many times in my life and i've never watched the show never watched the show not one time and everyone's like scott you're kind of like the male daria aren't you and i'm like sure i guess is that know. the mtv show i think so yeah it's animated that's all i know yeah it, back, it came out show. right after beavis and butthead when they started realizing anima- animated stuff could be popular 
Gotcha. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know if it's just because when you're reading off something that it, it tends to be, or you're thinking about it a little more, but I'm trying to be just a little more mindful of it so that I sound a little more animated. I don't know. Do I, do people enjoy when I sound dry? And you know? I don't think that's what they mean, man. Maybe. Because you haven't watched it ever? No. She's just like. She's just negative, right? Pessimistic. Right? Yeah. No, yeah, I got that, but she's also pessimistic and funny and dry, correct? Those, that's like yeah, the, the, very the, dry. the combo. Like, so. like, like she's a Gen Xer in a way, even though it came out later. Yeah. Because, ah, uh, the world's shitty, whatever. Sure. You know, kind of shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, but that's that's just reality. That's not so much, you know. I mean, I, kudos to MTV or whatever for bottling that up before I was born, probably. Yeah. But No, you were born. It was like 90s? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you were young. Maybe I subliminally just you definitely it weren't up allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead because no. I, I, I stopped letting uh, China and Christians be around when I watched it. When Christians started going fire, fire, fire. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, we're done with this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never watched it. It seemed like a really stupid show. <laughs> it was stupid, but it was like what was going on at that time because MTV would show videos and yeah. everybody would just sit around and you watch, know, them. watch videos all the time. And then you always had that group of like stoners. Yeah, classic. That would sit around and watch videos and just be like Beavis and Butthead. I guess. Sure. And it was hilarious at the time. I'll take your word for it. Let's uh, Let's get into this episode, shall we? This, this will find its way to the end. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Calm down, Dar- Daria. Mm-hmm. All right. This starts with a cold open, so that we kind of lucked out with that. Uh, my, the tips of my fingers feel like they're going a little numb now, which is concerning. I hope I don't have any underlying medical condition. That's... Uh, <laughs> Are you like trying to play the role now? <laughs> no, like I mean, like, like I legitimately, I legitimately. This happens from time to time, and I'm like, did I like do something with my nerves, or am I like dying? You know, I don't know. I don't know. It, it feels weird. It it feels like it shouldn't happen at the ripe age of 31. I think I'm 31. That's when it starts happening. Great, fantastic. Anywho, you old. Yeah, let's dive on in. Splash. Getting stuff for the gram. Please continue. <laughs> it says open discussion. Shit. <laughs> I, should, I should have been paying more attention. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> About those tulpas. Occultist uh, William Walker Atkins in his book, The Human Aura described thought forms as simple, curious objects emanating from the aura surrounding people, generating from the thoughts and feelings, further elaborating clairvoyance and occult powers, how experienced practitioners of the occult can produce thought forms from their auras that serve as astral projections, which may or may not look like the person who is projecting them. Yeah, so what do you think about that? What if somebody out there loves Flat Fast and the Furious? Um, I'm sure you could love the first one. Maybe even the second. Hey, I'll give you the, the well, not Tokyo Drift. I'll give you the four, the third or fourth, whatever. the I don't know. I'll give you that. I'm not going to give you Fast and Furious 10. Okay, nobody out there loved Fast 10. Is that out yet? Is it Fast 13? I have no idea. I'm not going to let Vin Diesel get in on our Christmas spirit here, Christian. It's just not happening. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah get out of here, Vin. All right. I'm not a big Vin Diesel fan. Yeah, same, same. So anyway, that's a roundabout way of saying welcome to the Christmas special.